Here we go, ready? This is gonna be really confusing over the other music we put over this intro bit. Who says we didn't already start with that? What if the what if the part where we were figuring that out was where we oh, started? Maybe. I don't maybe. know. Hello, people. Welcome to Psychology. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Tech Real. Sorry, I got excited. Would you like to introduce yourself? Oh, I'm Amy. <laughs> and welcome. We we are doing a podcast. We're on episode two. I, episode two. The chaotic vibes have not calmed down since episode one. It's chaos. It I'm, is still chaos. chaos. But it's Bruh. okay. How did you, everyone? How did you? you? I feel obligated to say that. How did you? I was gonna say I felt obligated to say that. It's at the top of our notes. It just literally says how did you? So I wrote that. I said it. So oh collaborative effort. Oh All right. Gosh. Well, what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about Inside Out and how it's, um, maybe not as good as Sandersides. Oh my god. Maybe. Inside Out's not as good as Sandersides. Definitely. It's a Disney movie. What are you talking about? I know, but you know, Sandersides. No, okay. Yeah. We actually have, it's, it's funny because like we sound so jokey right now, but we have such legitimate points to get to. It's so funny starting out like that. But, yeah. Um, yeah, no. Uh, Andy, what do you think about the movie Inside Out? Well, first of all, should honestly, we explain what Inside Out is for people who don't know? Yeah, so for those of you that don't know, Inside Out is this movie about, um, it's a Disney Pixar movie, if you are Disney Pixar fans. Um, and it's a movie about uh, this girl named Riley, mm-hmm. and Riley has her emotions, and her emotions are part of the character, Her part of the character, but also part of, they are literally their own characters, and they help Riley navigate her preteen years, and the movie goes into a whole, like, ride where joy and sadness get trapped, kind of outside of where they should be in the mind, mm-hmm. and then they go, Riley goes through a whole, like, rebellious stage of her teenage years. Mm-hmm. So, I remember a rebellious stage? Rebellious. Yeah, she was, like, getting mad at her parents and about to run away, bro. That's rebellious. I suppose so. I guess when I think of rebellion, it's a lot more, like, intentional as opposed to, like, I feel like her her issue was a lot more, like, that she was closed off. You know, grab your torch and pitchforks. (laughs) You know that classic teenage rebellion with the torch torch forks is what I was going to say. I was advanced. I had no, some that's a torch forks. Torch forks? I mean, torch and pitchforks. Oh, torch and pitchforks. Oh, I don't know. Is that was that a, was that a shirt reference? Yeah. Oh, it's right at the beginning. He's just like grab your torch and pitchforks. Doesn't that bother you? Oh, I thought you were it's talking about in relation to teenage rebellion. No, I was gonna say but like how often is that? Link? Was a teenager and he was rebellious because he was kicked out of his home and then actually like rebelled and fought for his own life. He was ten. Yeah. Poor boy. That's not a Anyways. Anyway. So what do you think about Inside Out? Now that now we've established what Inside Out is, what are your general thoughts? What was your initial reaction to seeing Inside Out for the first time? So I remember watching it and falling in love pretty quick. Um, I was... I don't think it was, like, a movie that I was, like, hyper fixated on as a kid. Mm-hmm. But I definitely remember loving it a lot. 
maybe I was hyper fixated on it. I don't know. Because I didn't, I haven't watched it many times in my, like, s- since after the age of, like, 17. Mm-hmm. Um, I really didn't catch on to it all that much. It was, but, like, I'm a nerd about psychology, and um, I thought it was a really good lesson. And I didn't really think about, like, the reasons that we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't know. I really, I, I guess I just liked it and moved on. I didn't really, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's about all I have to say about that. That's fair. I know for me, I think I had a very similar first reaction to when I first saw Inside Out. I thought it was amazing. And I was like, oh my God, it's like mental health. And it's this is like, it's yeah. such an important message. And it's so interesting. And then I remember this was at a time before I really knew much at all about mental health. Like, there was a very long period of my life where I had no idea what was going on with mental health at all. Like, I had not really experienced a lot of specific, bigger mental health issues like are, you know, ex- you know shown throughout this movie. And mm-hmm. I remember it was later on, it was when we, like, I don't remember how early it was in the friendship, but I remember I told you, I was like, I really want to watch it again because I haven't seen this movie since before I, like, knew about this type of world and had any idea what was going on regarding mental health. And I was like, I'm curious to see how my perspective on it has changed. And so we watched it, and I just remember ripping it apart. (laughs) And I felt bad, but I was like, this is... I don't know how specifically well done a lot of aspects are done in this words. Right, because that's... Well, that's the thing about it. Like, we talked about how... The fact that, like, needing to feel your emotions and being, like, having your emotions be validated is a very important thing for mental health. But trying to apply the logic of the emotions helping you through life Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily work. And that kind of tears the entire movie apart, unfortunately. There's a lot of things that tear this movie apart. That's what we're going to talk about today. Because like is full of inconsistencies and logical questions. It's such a... They really tried to take an abstract subject and anthropomorphize it, but in doing so, they really didn't do it all the way. And I think it it dis, it devalues some things that are really important about mental health oh, that we'll yeah. also talk about today. Oh, for sure. Uh, um, and yeah. before we get too far into this, I think you know we should both like clarify: this isn't. We're not saying this is a bad movie necessarily. No. Like it's actually a really it's a really well done movie in terms of just like being an entertaining movie. I think it's. A, I think they did a good job, huh? Imaginary characters. Like, I think everything about Bing Bong, I think everything about Bing Bong is great. I still have questions about Bing Bong. I love, what? Oh. (laughs) Not not questions in in relation to, like, how I feel about him, but questions in the internal logic behind Bing Bong and what it means that he was forgotten. Should have also said maybe spoilers for Inside Out, but here we are. Uh, (laughs) I think, again, people who who joined this podcast, they're going to see the title and they wouldn't see that if they hadn't seen Inside Out. But, um, yeah, just we may not have. Yeah, so wait, wait, spoilers wait. ahead. We're going to talk about a lot of massive plot spoilers, I'm sure. As I just accidentally let out, but like... Of that and Sandersides. Oh, of course. Well, every episode of this podcast <laughs> oh, is going to be spoilers for Sandersides, I think. What? I don't think that's even necessary to mention, but like, here we are. Well, there it is. It's, it's written is. in the stenographer's notes. In the stenographer's? Uh, we have a stenographer? Shit, it's Steve. Steve? 
But that's that's for another. We'll, we'll talk, <laughs> we'll talk about Steve another time. I'm sure he'll show up somewhere in this podcast. Anyway. <laughs> Episode with Steve. Episode with Steve. Oh, God. <laughs> that would be chaotic. No. Yeah. Chaos, indeed. All right. So, Nicole, what are some of your issues with Inside Out? Well, when it started? it's funny that you say this because I actually rewatched Inside Out uh, literally today before this recording. Yeah. I... I struggled so hard to get to the point where I wanted to rewatch it. And I think it's, again, not because it was a bad movie, but because part of, part of it is that I know there's a lot of things in it that piss me off. A lot of it was just the fact that I knew a lot of what I had to talk about beforehand. But I just remembered, upon me starting to rewatch this movie, I had my notepad, like, out, like, uh, my phone notepad out, ready to take notes. And I was no further in than a minute before I started taking notes regarding the logical consistency of this world. Because, okay, one of the, one of the first things I need to talk about regarding Inside Out, and I think it's, you know, appropriate because it's like one of the first bigger plot points in the movie is sadness. Sadness, yeah. as a character, confuses me. Because... I was saying before how they're anthropomorphizing this really abstract subject and trying to make it simpler so that you can understand it and trying to, you know, make it with characters so you can understand what's going on. But mm -hmm. the thing is, there are still so many abstract moments with sadness. Like, from the beginning of the movie, um, like the beginning of where the plot really gets going, where sadness is starting to touch things, why is she starting to touch things? The thing is, you know, she's a character in this world. They've made a character for this, and they're trying to explain this concept of, like, why sadness takes over. But instead of, like, giving her actual character motivation as to why she's choosing to do that, they, like, she's seemingly just doing it for the sake of doing it. And she's even saying, like, I don't know why I'm doing this. I just felt like I needed to or something. And it's like... Her first line, like, she pushes the button, and she's just like, I'm sadness. Yeah. Like, Push the button high. <laughs> it's like, but let's I'm gonna why? fuck up your life high. What is the purpose behind even pressing it? Why do you need to? Like, that's I mean, so confusing to me right off the bat. Well, yeah, that honestly calls into question the emotions, motivations in general. That's, I've never like, understood what the motivations are. There's certain moments where I can understand, like, fear, understandably. Like, that's self-preservation. I get yeah. his motivation. I don't necessarily get the motivation behind characters like joy not joy um sadness or like disgust like why does she decide that broccoli is disgusting like why do you need to press the button to make that happen who said you could do that why why do you need to do that like i don't i mean arguably disgust could have come in from like societal norms but like with sadness there's not really a reason sadness yeah. is just touch things to touch things it's just she's just touching things and like that i guess thing. that's i guess that's okay enough in itself but like that calls into question Riley's general mental health, like, even before all this went down. And in addition to the fact that, like, they don't really establish, I think, well enough that she likes to touch things in the beginning of the movie. I feel like if it was just established that she liked touching things and that was, a, like, a well-established part of her character, I think you can get away with it. But again, even then, it's like, that, what does that say about Riley? Like, what mm -hmm. does that say about Riley that her sadness is just going all about just making her sad for any random reason? Riley has depression. We're, we're going to talk about depression later. What? what? I have some I mean, things to say about theory, that. Though. But, um... That is an interesting theory. But, like, in that sense, like, how would sadness look in someone else? 
if if Riley were to have depression and that's why sadness is just constantly touching things, then like a different person who doesn't have depression, how would sadness look in that mind? Yeah, what would be the motivations? Yeah. Is there a motivation behind people who are doing that as opposed to that? Like, there's no semblance really of a motivation. Like, Joy is the only one who has like, I feel like a legitimate motivating thing from the beginning of the movie. She first makes Riley happy and from that point on that's what she wants to do. I understand that character trait. That makes sense. But like everything past that, it's like, why are they, they're just sort of coming in and deciding, hey, I'm a part of this now. I'm going to touch a button and make her feel something. It's like, well, why? What, like, what normally, do you get out of her being angry? What do you get out of her being disgusted? Like, what yeah. do you get out of her being scared? Like, what is, what, what is your motivation behind any or of is that? task for you? Yeah. Is it just like you're playing around or like you seem to all be on the same team of wanting her to sustain life, but like. Why? I mean, there's no reason to I know we're going to get into this. I know we're going to get into this, but arguably, like, Virgil doesn't have much motivation behind what he does. I guess protecting Thomas. Yeah, no. Well, again, that fear is the one thing I can understand, and I think that plays into Virgil. It's that self-preservation oh, okay. piece. I understand okay. that in that sense, yeah. Like, that makes sense. sense. Fear, is, fear, I guess I could say, is the other one that I feel like has legitimate motivation, even okay, though I just right. don't like his character. <laughs> Like and disgust is preserving the image, but what is sadness preserving? Yeah, well, I, even disgust preserving the image. I mean, like, what is that? I mean, I, I'm thinking of, like, the broccoli scene from when she was a child. What what was she preserving at that point? Like, I, I don't know if... Did, did she eat broccoli previously, and then that's why she knew? But then when she was eating the broccoli, she seemed like she was fine, and she enjoyed it. So what was the purpose of feeling disgusted by the broccoli if there was no real notion of why that would be a thing? I just... These characters are so... Con- That's one of the biggest things one. that I have issued. <laughs> Point number one. Why what? is anyone doing what they do in this movie? I don't so, understand. The other one then, on top of that, with, with the lack of motivation from the characters... The fact that the feelings seem to have direct control of Riley at mm. some point, or like giving Riley specific ideas, mm-hmm. but like how exactly, how much control do the emotions have over Riley? Mm-hmm. And like, what what exactly do they control? Because there's so many elements of the movie. Like for example, there's a moment where like Joy gets Riley to slide down the bar. Did Joy have to like push a lot of buttons and physically get Riley to do it? And if so, how much control does Riley have of her life? Mm-hmm. That is a big question in this movie that I really don't have the answer to, because the rules seem to fluctuate throughout the movie, which is one mm-hmm. of my big pet peeves upon the rewatch, yeah. especially. Oh yeah. Because the amount of times one. <sighs> <laughs> I'm so mm-hmm. angry. Why mm-hmm. one do does the does the panel the board what, the console is that is the console I think they call it yeah the co- I, I, ju- I literally was trying to recall that before we you started recording huh you just saw the movie tech you'd think that would be enough but like they don't name it by name enough that's the thing they touch it a lot but they only name it a couple times so all I can hear all I can hear in my head is anger going. Congratulations, San Francisco! You ruined pizza. 
first the Hawaiians, and now you. That's all I can hear. And I'm like, that's not the line you're trying to think no, of. No, it's like, not. No, I think they call it the console. Does the console so. control emotion, action, speech, or all? Because, like, I guess you could say all, but, like, there are moments where it feels right, like yeah. a button is pressed and then Riley feels something. But then there are moments where a button is pressed and then she says something. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I think it could be motivation. It could be um, like the ideas. Yeah. You know, like thoughts. Well, um, no, not even that, because they show thoughts as a separate thing. The, the light bulbs. That's a whole separate in, in, like indication. I hate the light bulbs. <laughs> That's really dumb. What is because the difference like, between making her imagine something by pressing buttons on the console and then giving her an idea with a light bulb? Like, like again, I can recognize the idea of turning that, but then there's like a thought, train of thought. There's a train of thought. Yeah. I and don't like, even know what that does. We never get established as to like, what that even that, means in the context of the movie. I guess the sides get like... You mean the emotions? Get the, or, <laughs> I was going to say, we're not on the sides yet. Don't bring ever, them like, into this. We're not judging them. Like, <laughs> no, I think I, I'm trying to remember. Don't the thought the 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 emotions? <laughs> holy, shit. the emotions! Uh-huh. Don't the emotions get like supplies from the train of thought or something? I don't think they do. Well, no, maybe they do. Oh, th- th- there was the part. There was the part where she they they got like daydreams at the beginning of the movie. She ordered daydreams, and I think the train of thought brought that there. But those are just some thoughts. Yeah, like we're we're just thought in general come from in that series well that's like, is the it... thing too because there are moments where she wants to remind i almost said miley <laughs> we're getting into hannah montana now <laughs> joe just wants her to have the best of both worlds no there are, part, there are parts where she wants to remind riley of something or make her think of something and then she recalls a memory so why isn't that handled by the train of thought like why isn't every thought handled by the train of thought it's just bringing mild deliveries of yeah. things that you can use i suppose it genuinely it seems like the thoughts are only inspired by the memories mm-hmm. and i don't think that that's very good representation of mental health no. because like not thoughts don't always sometimes thoughts are so extreme mm-hmm. you know well yeah okay yeah, so but back to the core concept of what you were talking about it questions this whole console situation calls into question what what is Riley in in context of like she's so Robot? controlled but oh maybe she's so uh, controlled I mean there's a console they're pressing buttons and she's doing things she's a robot oh shit I mean what is we're a human robots. other than a meat robot but like um, we're all robots it's okay <laughs> I like how you didn't flinch at all when I said meat robot. Yeah, that's you. That's how you go. <laughs> but like, no, how, how, what is Riley? Because she, she's controlled by this console, but then like, also not fully all the time, but like, kind of. And the thing is, the console isn't even consistent because there are so many moments where they're not pressing a ding darn thing. And yet Riley is feeling something. The amount of times they show like, Riley feels something and they cut back and none of them have any hands on buttons or like she feels a joyful moment and joy is like far away from the console and it's like what how did so does she feel joy or without you or not what is the context behind like are you just adding extra influence or are you fully controlling because that seems to fluctuate depending on the moment in the movie 
Tekril, this is making me want to pull out my beautiful book oh. of, um, I have to name this, but like my psychology basically notebook. Oh my God. That has like three of the most important psych classes I've ever Your taken. Handy and dandy psych book? And, well, well, oh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. That's a good one. You know I had to, to bring in a I handy dandy notebook like, reference. Stefania or some kind of like Defania? name. I need to pull out Bob. I kind of love or Stefania. Something. I don't know why. I don't know. It's but an anyway, I'm going to pull it out. And I'm going to talk about because I think Inside Out is directly trying to give voice to the conscious mind, mm -hmm. which is a Freudian uh, thought. Uh, uh, theory, I guess. Mm -hmm. Thought ideology. I tried to put big words in there. <laughs> but basically, Freud has this idea that, which Freud is controversial, but he did come up with the conscious and the subconscious mm -hmm. and stuff. He came up with the conscious, which is like the part of your brain that you're like, I'm thinking right now and I'm able to talk to you about things. Whereas the subconscious is the part that you can't necessarily control. So with Riley, there seems to be some kind of conscious mind that the emotions can't control. Mm -hmm. But there's just not enough explanation as to exactly how that works. Yeah. And I'm wondering if the next movie, Inside Out 2, will explain that more. I really because don't know that I think that's what's happening. I have so much trouble thinking of a sequel. And we're going to get into that a little bit later. Because we have, we have, I, I have an article to pull from as well. Um, yeah. that mentions a potential sequel. I, I'm so mad at this whole franchise. It's okay. It makes it's me okay. so That's angry. not a movie yet. That's not out I'm yet. I'm glad. We'll I don't forward. want it to be. Think about that later. Um, we'll think about that. We'll add that next episode of the pod, or soon later episode of the podcast. <laughs> we come back and we're like, they did it. Inside Out 2. They did it, guys, and it's so much worse. Oh my God, we should though. If, once the Fine. second movie comes out, we can literally make a sequel to this episode. I'm kind of ready to be pleasantly surprised. I'm not. <laughs> well, no. Okay. I'm, I'm fully biased. I'm interested to see what happens. I'm also so, interested. I just don't believe in them. That's also fair. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we've talked about how we just don't know where the conscious part of Riley is, yeah. like, or how, how much the emotions control. It just, there's too much contradiction going on, and we've mentioned that. Also, the big, the big question that a lot of people asked, mm -hmm. Joy starts crying <laughs> in the movie? What? Mm -hmm. What? Here's the thing. What? I've always, I always what? get mad at things like this because when what? you have the, phys like the physical representation of an idea and then that physical representation also has that idea in them, it's like, okay, so there's, there's two options here. One she also has her own emotions in her head controlling her actions and it's this like forever like you know infinite backwards spiral of like emotions and emotions and emotions and emotions or yeah. secondly it's the idea that she is basically what i mean she she i guess is what humans are in the sense that we don't have inner emotions that are like physically there pressing buttons and that she just feels things as she does. She's just like a, she's just like her brain works the way humans do. Whereas human brains in this world work the way they do as we see them. Yeah. It's a confusing concept in general. I, yeah. It just, it, it, mm. it's just weird. It's like, if you're a being of pure joy, then why is this? What, why are you yeah. able to feel sadness? That's that. 
that's part of it. Also, there's something I noticed during the movie. I'm sorry? Well, that was the other thing. Sadness isn't around when Joy starts crying. So that was yeah. sparked from Joy, mm-hmm. not from sadness. And honestly, if sadness were nearby, I guess that would make sense. Mm-hmm. But like, if she weren't, if because she isn't. Yeah. There actually is also a minor... I, oh, well, I was going to say a minor thing. I'd have to double check the movie. I'm going to say it anyways, but I think it might actually be contradicted if I look back at the movie. But Don't quote tech. What? Oh, don't quote don't me. Quote- <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, Joy, apart from every other character, has a different color of hair. Like, every other character has hair that's, like, related to their own color, or no hair at all. Um, in the case of anger, but then Joy has blue hair, which could contribute to the theory that Riley has depression. Because it's like, even her joy is tainted with sadness, in the sense of like, the blue color. Although, before you think too hard about that, there is a chance, I'd have to double check, but there is a chance that all the other, that the hair, oh actually maybe not. I was gonna say the hair of the other, because we see the other emotions of other characters in the movie, but all of them have hairstyles that are based on the people who they are. Like, for some reason, those emotions are more tailored to look like the person who's having them. So, like, the mom and dad's emotions look like the mom and dad. Oh, yeah, that's uh, and, a whole thing. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the, the consensus, I think, is that, like, Riley hasn't found herself yet, officially, so, like, she, hers is going like, to evolve. I don't love it either, but... I don't like that because... The only reason I don't like that is because the, the boy at the end of the movie who's just like, girl... Is the same girl. age as her? boy doesn't know his left from his right. <laughs> Respectfully, like, I love the man. I, I think he's a great kid. But I cannot say that he knows more about, about his is. sense of self than Riley does. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. So it's like, there is that question of, like, why do they look so plain? But I think I think it actually is true that Joy, in Riley's head, is the only one who doesn't have the same hairstyle like, or, or like who, like, they all have the hairstyles of other characters, so that might allude to the idea that she just generally does have depression. I I actually love that. I haven't heard that before. I, th- I feel like I might have heard it from someone. I don't know if it's something that I came up with on the spot, but it's definitely something I thought about when I was watching this movie again. Because she's the only one who has that extra pop of color. Like, they, the others do in their, in their outfit, more or less, but even then, it's still a lot more monochromatic than hers. If anyone knows who that theory's by, put it in the comments, please. Yeah. Then more credits do because I want to know who came up with that. Or maybe it's me. Probably not. Oh my god! Credit me right now. At me. Um, (laughs) Okay. We do we have a lot to talk about. We do, and we haven't even talked much about Sanderson's. We're going to get to it. It's all going to come around once we've talked about Inside Out. Yeah, we're we're thinking about each little thing, and then we'll go through it with Sanderson's too. I think it helps too the fact that like I I would be more nervous about getting lost in any other subject. If it weren't for the fact that this is so related to Sandersides, in fact, yeah. I don't know if this is—I don't know if this is correct, but isn't this? Wasn't this like one of the inspirations for Sandersides? Am Probably. I correct in that? I know that there's a line where Patton says um, in the. Oh, oh I know it? what you're thinking. Oh, um, originality. Yeah, somebody. Yeah. Uh, when when he goes like, <laughs> what does he say? Like, even, like, what we do is inspired by Inside Out, or, like, is a, is a similar thing to Inside Out. I think it might be an inspiration, but, yeah. trying to hide it from Roman, and then Roman hears that and goes, ah! Oh, that's oh, right. That's right. Oh! And then Patton's like, do you think he heard me? So, yeah. So, as much as we're getting lost in Inside Out, I think it is still very relevant, if it's, if it is oh, yeah. an inspiration as we believe it to be. 
and also just because it is so similar that it's there's very, a lot to talk about and we'll be able to like reference back to a lot of it once we get to the Sanderson yeah. portion of what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Funny how we're on yeah. episode two and we still barely talked about Sanderson's. Who needs Sanderson's in a Sanderson's podcast? Anyway. That's a good point. Okay. <laughs> so, so the islands, the concept of the islands and in Inside Out oh, where the they are part of the core memories of Riley and then when they're when the core memories aren't in their spots long enough, mm-hmm. the islands start to crumble, and then in time they completely disappear. Yeah, well, not even and- when the core memories aren't in there long enough, but when not when when the core memories are not in there, in addition to the fact that things are being affected that relate to those. Yes. Islands. Yes. So. I'm so I about that. I don't love that. I think personally, when I watch. Um, the, the like for example the family mm-hmm. saying crumble for one thing the the family piece she's she's what 12 yes she, no, no, she, she's i think she's really, about to be 12 yeah so she's 11 if, she's, if she has a really oh okay well that's my thing if she's had a really good relationship with her family at this point and her family just isn't very connected to seeing Riley get frustrated about moving, mm-hmm. I don't understand why the entire family mm-hmm. island is humble. Yeah. I don't get that. Because, like, there's that piece of it. Because trauma isn't necessarily... It, it, it's it's a little... I, I feel like it's a little deeper than that. Correct me if I'm wrong. But Most like, things are deeper than this movie, yes. It's a little deeper <laughs> than that from the trauma that I've studied yeah. so far. But also, like, um, something that we talked about uh, a little bit beforehand is the idea that like when these islands crumble it cause watching that as somebody with a mental health disorder kind of makes you think that when you do get to a point where you're struggling that bad mm-hmm. you're gonna lose parts of yourself that you won't be able to necessarily get back yeah and like th- while that's true to an extent like mm. it kind of makes you feel well i mean you're, for example, you lose, I, like, the Amy I was in 2018 is no longer the Amy oh, well, that's here. Oh, yeah, but you, it's not that there are certain things like, lost necessarily. I think altered might be better It's altered, and it just, I don't know, it makes you kind of fear that. Yeah, because... Instead of, like, be able to work through and recognize that there is a time where you will, like, you're moving through it. You're going to alter it and change it as time goes on. Yeah, they're making what's, what is a really simple situation. I mean, it's definitely a, a very high-stakes situation in the sense that she feels sure. very, you know, isolated and she's wanting to run away. But in the grand scheme of things, the the things that lead, like you said, the things that lead up to her losing certain islands are such minimal moments when you really think about them. They're like one refusal of doing like the little monkey joke that they do, or the, you know, it's, it's one disagreement with a friend. It's your like one feeling betrayed. It's, it's, it's this idea that like, not only have the islands been deactivated, but they are completely destroyed. And obviously they get their, they get, you know, they come back at the end of the movie, but if they were so easy to get back, what's the point of destroying them? Because destroying them implies that she will never feel that again. And again, like you said, it it creates this high-stakes fear of, like, oh my god, 
if I don't feel good soon, then like these islands, these metaphorical islands are going to be destroyed and I'll never feel good again forever. And that's such a, such a backwards bad message to put in a movie like this where they're trying to teach you about mental health to make you fear your feelings like that and to make you fear... You shouldn't have to feel like you're in a rush to get better. You shouldn't have to be forced to get better no, sooner than you're right. You need to process. Point. That's a good point. They're making so, it seem like there's no grieving period where you're allowed to feel bad because every second that she's feeling bad and feeling worse, she, her insides yeah. are just crumbling and being destroyed. And they're making it seem like it might be forever. And it's like, whoa, she's 11. And she just moved yeah. a couple days ago. I think she's gonna be fine. And also, like, you can we can segue into the next point. Then um, we don't really know if Riley has depression. Yeah, this looks like depression based yeah. on what I've seen it's and what I've studied. Depression. It's it's a bit but of a mix of things, but I, I would call it depression. So. Like, like the idea that joy and sadness disappear hmm. or are, are thrown out of the that mind palace area or that <laughs> hub, I guess. Hub I've been watching Fantasy too long. Yeah, no, I, I like the word hub for this. <laughs> but, like, the fact that joy and sadness are so easily or unfortunately able to get out and then it, it, I don't know. Like, I'm trying to put words to it. It just... Well, why why was that the thing that caused her to absolutely crumble? Yeah, that's yeah, my biggest issue with this movie. With this yeah, no, movie. no, please. please my biggest issue with this movie is that they show such a common issue like depression to be this freak accident, this absolute accidental moment, and not to say that like. It should have been portrayed as like, oh, there's some evil bad guy that's making her depressed and that's like an intentional thing. I, it doesn't have to be intentional necessarily. But I think the issue is not just that it's shown to be an accident, but again, it's shown to be such a wild set of circumstances that's so like this big giant like, whoops, we got like, we all the all the core memories fell out and then and then they got all sucked up to the tube and Joy and got sucked up to the tube and it's like, um, okay. Well, that's not a thing that I think would happen very often. And I get that, like, if it happens within someone who maybe isn't as, like, generally depressed, like, maybe that makes sense to some extent. But, like, it calls into question, for those in the world who are depressed more often, who have, like, clinical depression or depression from other sources that, like, happens a lot more regularly, what happens in their heads? Like, it, like, because... They're painting it as, like, this weird, crazy adventure. But if this were... Like, if Riley were to have continued having this depression um, continuously, would that mean that every single time she hit a bout of depression, there would have to be this crazy antics movie in her head? It's like, it that seems, feels almost, very weird. It seems fantastical. Yeah. It's like, uh, like, depression is just something that you need to actively avoid. Yeah. In day to day, whereas I mean, because there is, there, I mean, depression can come onto people through events, but at the same time, the, the the event that Riley goes through to create this discourse in her own heart mm-hmm. is so common. Like, it's not necessarily not like obviously moving could be 
like it, it's not as common yeah. but like at the same time every kid is going to deal with some kind of disconnect from their family mm-hmm. because the parents don't agree or some kind of like i feel like riley's situation is very common and they're making it look like a mental health disorder yeah they're making it seem like oh like this crazy internal horrible thing happened and it's not just like oh she's feeling kind of gross i would have like <laughs> we we talked about this a bit in the last episode but like you know, my, my capacity for enjoying things that may be a more simple conversation. I would have loved if this movie was just that, like, they were all in the hub the whole time and just, like, trying to balance things. And they realized that, like, sadness had a bit more of a pull and they didn't really understand why hers things were more effective. Or, like, yeah. maybe the console itself was just specifically only putting out sad stuff for a bit. Like, it, it, I think they could have simplified it, especially for the situation it was. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like nothing that she encountered in her short time was enough to make her want to fully run away. Fully run I mean, I know there are some children who do. Of course. Uh, I can see the thought track of a preteen, but again, I can see the thought track of a preteen that is dealing with genuine depression mm-hmm. doing that. Like, I, yeah. not necessarily that their joy and their sadness just got vamoosed one day. That's so annoying to like, me. Like, I can't. It's not like it's not something that's accidental. If that were to happen, I, I feel like it could only work in real life if Riley were depressed. Yeah, and even then, it wouldn't have been an accident. Yeah, again, it's it's not just like this weird accidental thing. It's the brain f- doing things. It's the brain feeling mm-hmm. things. It's 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 it trying to cope with what's happening around yeah. it. And it feels like you know, based. Yeah. Yeah, sir. Sorry, the, the brain will morph and change to adapt to trauma like that. But that's, uh-huh. oh, again, that's not how, that, I, I don't think that's, <laughs> I'm, I'm not a professional, yeah. to be clear. I'm a professional, but I'm pretty sure from what I've seen, it takes a little more than just moving and not being happy with where you are to alter your brain chemistry like that. Yeah, it's just so gross to me that they made it this giant adventure and i know they did because it's a movie obviously they needed some pull for this to be a movie they needed a big fantastical interesting thing of course but also as someone who deals with the occasional bout of depression as someone with it and deals with it quite regularly um it feels insulting to see it like that again it's this weird like oh so it's just this Oh, my emotions are just in a wacky antic situation. They just fell away for a while. It's n- and it also reduces what depression is because it's like mm-hmm. I, again and again we should I should clarify we don't know for sure if what they're portraying is necessarily specifically sure. depression, but like yeah. the idea that like she felt so gross in that amount of time and the idea that it, the idea that you can't feel any joy in a time like that either. Like, there are moments where I'm feeling depression and I still feel moments of joy because there'll be, like, a tiny little spark of something. I'll see something funny or there'll be a moment where, like, you know, a friend or someone will connect with me and I'll be like, okay, there's a moment, but then it sort of, like, falls back in places feeling gross for a while. And that's normal. So it's like, that couldn't happen in this story, though. So, like, she was perpetually in that space. And again, for what the situation was, it feels like she shouldn't have been that far gone. It permanently altered her. Really? And it almost literally permanently altered her. And the thing is, like, I can understand that that event would permanently alter her. Yeah. Because it, it's moving. It's one of a, it's a big moment in her life. But by accident? <laughs> yeah, it, it really is just... And again, all sparked by 
sadness just being like, I don't know. I wanted to touch it. I wanted like, to touch it. I think, <laughs> honestly, uh, something to segue into the next moment, like Inside Out genuinely just leans more on story development than it does on actual mental health. Yeah. And like, I, I love the story for what it is. Like, if, if I'm not applying it to mental health, it's a great story. Oh, truly, yeah. It, it's Fantastic. a very fun to watch story oh, when you're not thinking about how it works realistically. Absolutely. But like, trying to think about it through real mental health, it can be a little damaging. Yeah, because it puts forth a lot of ideas that if you try to apply that to your own life, like yeah. it really falls apart quick. And again, in some instances may intimidate you or make you more concerned about your emotions than you should be. It's, mm -hmm. it's just, it's a real funky little case inside out. I, what a rough. <laughs> I just don't, I, oh, it, yeah. it makes me yeah. so angry. It legitimately, uh -huh. It angers me so bad because again, like it's so funny seeing the disconnect between like a tech reel who once watched this and loved it, and then a tech reel who now knows yeah. it's like wow, and, like like the tech reel who once was like man, Joy is my favorite character, and now I'm like I hate Joy with every fiber of my be every moment in this as movie. The Pat man, what as the Pat? Oh, Pat is so much more nuanced than Joy. Wow, that's the thing is that there are moments where I would like compare it to Patton when I was watching and it's like no Patton wouldn't do this Patton wouldn't say that it's like he definitely is not perfect but he also Joy is so like antagonistic in moments and like very passive aggressive and and very but like toxic that, with the way she deals with sadness it's that villain of the self I, I've I've also done a lot of theater classes because I sent my theater major uh -huh. to there's like some oh man this is another thing I probably should have pulled up but it's some kind of like there's the villain, like there's man versus man, man versus world, I think, and then man versus self. Okay. It's like very man versus self because he doesn't realize that like you don't realize you're the problem. Yeah. So Joy doesn't realize you're the problem. Yeah. And then there's man yeah. versus food on the Food Network. Um, sorry, I, I needed to say that or else I wouldn't be ever happy again. Yeah, no, that's the fourth one. I forgot about that. <laughs> I had to bring it up, and I feel ashamed because it completely pulled us off course. But you know, I am, I am the layman, so I feel like I am at liberty to do so. <laughs> oh, by the way, just unrelated, but I found out in between episodes, I'm using that term correctly, and I'm very happy about it. You can use the oh layman, yeah, because I've always heard the term layman terms, but I've never checked to see if just calling yourself a layman is actually accurate. It is. It is an accurate term, at least according to Google. It's an accurate terminology, so I can accurately refer to myself as the layman, which I was going to do anyways. But now I know it's go. accurate. There you go. Well, I'm very happy about that. Good for you. Oh my god. Proud is of that, you. I think that's all we have to say about all Inside, Inside Out. Out. More or less. <laughs> I mean, we're obviously going to talk about it more as we connect to Sanders' sides. I'm sure other things are going to come up as, as we recall. And but, um, and, and if you have questions about this, just in the middle, of, if you have questions, put them in the comments. Um, oh, we're yeah. also going to be having fan Q and A's oh, yeah. uh, for for future episodes. So mm -hmm. be on the lookout for, on our our Instagram and our uh, Twitter. Uh, are we going to threads? We can. Are we going to tell a friend of the threads? I can set up a threads. Oh, I only haven't yet because it's so <laughs> new and I don't know if anyone would even see it. But like I could. How do you know? I got an account and I don't even know what's happening. So I don't either. I posted I'm once not. on it with a loaf of bread and I haven't said anything since. Hey, you know, 
The loaf of bread, that's that's iconic. It was a pretty tasty loaf I made. Wow. It's pretty good. See, I'm not just a layman, I'm a baker a little bit. I love that. Uh, you love that bread puns? Man, and you moment. only just started watching The Owl House. Wow, King, is that you? Anyways, to segue from this absolute tangent and from the inside out, um, what was it that we did last time? There was a moment? There was a Mind Palace moment? Yeah. Let's do one of those. Okay. Hello, Logan, my name is- Logan, What? You gotta play a musical instrument. I don't, I don't, I don't play a musical instrument. I don't want to do that. No, I know, I know, but it's for Amy and Tech. It's part of the bit. Well, that's a crocodile. Oh, like a drum. Oh, okay. great idea, kiddo. Hello, my name is Logan, and my Mind Palace moment will be sharing a fun fact of the day. So, today's fun fact. Many people mistake avocados for vegetables, but since they are single-seeded berries, they are actually categorized as fruit. So. There you have it. And that was a, a moment. moment. <laughs> ha -ha. Ha -ha. What happened? I don't know. We'll know, I don't know. eventually. <laughs> Someday. So, uh, <laughs> uh, you found something over, like, while the moment was happening, you found something, didn't you? Yeah, while the moment was happening, I recalled something that I wanted to bring up. Uh, one more thing about Inside Out. Again, we're going to be talking about Inside Out continuously as we talk about Sanderson's, of course, because we're connecting the two. But one more thing specifically about Inside Out that I wanted to talk about. Uh, so there was this article that uh, I know we found when we had watched Inside Out together that one time. Uh, an article called The Conversation with the Psychologist Behind Inside Out. Uh, it features emotions expert, uh, I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name, Docker Keltner, I'm assuming his name is pronounced. Uh, he was the advisor to the director, P. Doctor, when uh, making Inside Out. So this guy seems to have been who they were consulting about emotions for this movie about emotions. It says he was like an emotions... Emotions expert, they say. Expert. Oh, well. So, okay. I mean, and, and I I'm going to say this. Say, but all right. Yeah. And I'm going to say this. I don't want to slam this guy into the ground, but I question some of his ideas in relation to this article. Well, part of something to keep in mind when we do talk about psychology mm -hmm. things here, especially like other psychologists, psychology is still very new. Mm -hmm. um, it's, I forget exactly how old it is, but it's like, I think it's been within the last like 300 years that it's been made, something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but like, it's still very new. So a lot of things are still speculation. Mm -hmm. um, and this guy has a very clear mindset of how he feels emotions connect with the subconscious and things like that. Um, but as you can see, <laughs> since we, Tekril and I have talked about this article already, we don't necessarily agree. No. However, um, I think there are things that I can agree with him on, but that's literally what psychology is all about. It's about taking other people's ideas and being like, yeah. well, I don't know if that works. Let me test that. Mm -hmm. And then when it doesn't work, you can be like, okay, here's what I think happened. Mm -hmm. And then that's how all of the, that's how psychology that's how science is made. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's still very new. So there's still a lot of things out there that people are like, I don't know. Yeah, I believe that he thinks he's right. That's what I can what? say. I, I said I believe I think I, I believe that he thinks he's right. Is my thing. He does think he's right. He definitely certainly thinks he's right. 
And, and, and Dr. Keldner, if you see this podcast somehow, which, God, I hope you don't, because I'm so sorry for what I'm about to say, but, again, I, I don't think that what you're saying is entirely wrong. I do. You disagree. But, like, I, 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 I hard disagree. Here's the thing. It's okay. So. It's okay to disagree with other people's work, especially in science. Yeah. So, the thing in this article, um... It was a it was a Q and A between the person writing the article and then the um, and Dr. Keltner, and a lot of the questions, uh, quite a few of them, boiled down to like, oh, you know, we used these five emotions. What others would you have chosen, or what others do you think were less represented that should have been? And you know, his answer to this is suspect, in my personal opinion, <laughs> because his answer to that a couple of his answers are as to emotions that should have been in this were embarrassment amusement awe and sympathy Mm. and here's the thing about those i think all of those are contained within the emotions that are already shown like, I amusement agree. is purely joy. Like, that's so much... That, like, she has shown yeah. being amused throughout the movie because of joy. Uh, embarrassment I mean, is disgust. Straight up. Again, I mean, something we see in the movie. To an extent, it's also like... I mean, the moment that Riley stands up in the, the first sadness core memory, mm-hmm. where Riley stands up and gets really embarrassed in front of the class. Yeah. That's a little bit of disgust. That's a little bit of fear. That's yeah. a little bit of sadness. Exactly. Yeah. Like, that's all embarrassment. It's... It, you know, and awe is, again, either fear or joy, depending on the context. And sympathy is sadness. Sim- you know, sadness shows sympathy to Bing Bong in this movie. It's Yeah. It's fascinating seeing him say that these are other emotions that maybe should have been in the movie. Because, like, it's, they are in the movie. They just aren't separate emotions. And I think it's better that you don't have, like, them separated into, like, 50, 60 different, like, sub-emotions that... It just doesn't. It would be too much. Like a lot can be sub. A lot can be summarized in the core emotions that you show and that you have in this movie. I also think that like emotions. I, I think this is something that, especially after I, you know, got a near psychology major, mm-hmm. like I'm close to being a graduate. Like after what after going through that and then watching this movie back, emotions are so complex and complicated mm-hmm. that like. Even you saying sympathy is sadness, I don't even agree with that. Yeah, to an extent, but it's, well, it's debatable. Well, that's the thing. I don't agree that it could be a whole separate character. Yeah. But I don't know if I would only call it sadness. That's fair. They're, they're, it's a mix. As, as the end of the movie shows, there are mixed emotions in these memories now. I think that, you know, sums up it. It's, it's the fact that... It's a, a fusion of a couple different things at once, yeah. but it's not enough to really warrant a full other emotion, just you know, a character, just for sympathy. Mm-hmm. And then he also brings up like the concept of love being an emotion, which I also don't agree with because what is Hard love other than something it. making you feel happy, joyful, quote unquote, and safe? Like it's there's a lot that you can mix in these other emotions that feel like it just feels Hard very confused it. that. There yeah. are these other emotions that he would add, but they they would have been too similar, especially amusement. That's one that I cannot possibly understand why he thinks that is a separate emotion from joy. That is so yeah. clearly the same thing to me that I don't 
I don't understand what he's getting on about about that. Yeah. He also mentions partially like what um hold on the question is uh what specific psychological concept would you most like to see anthropomorphized? Uh yeah, for like if, if for a sequel, I believe they're referring to in this context of like what would you want to see, you know, shown in a sequel emotions wise. And again, a lot of his answer feels a little bit questionable. <laughs> One of the things he says is that um you know, wouldn't it be amazing to have Riley be an 18 or 20 year old, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and he's comparing to his students and others that are around that age range and saying that they don't care much about social anxiety. And it's like, no, no, I am very I socially anxious and I am past my early 20s. I'm like in the middle of my mid 20s. Like I... There is nothing... I, I feel like you cannot sum it up so simply as, oh, you age and social anxiety becomes lesser. That's so dependent on the person. And it's also, it downplays... Like, there's a social... Ang I, I don't know if it's called this, but there's, like, a social anxiety disorder. Mm -hmm. Like, it's it's a genuine thing that anyone can have. Yeah. So that really downplays that disorder. In That's fact, so interesting. I'd argue that you get more socially anxious as you age. Because as a kid, you don't give a crap what people think a lot of the time. Again, it depends on the person. But I feel like a lot of kids are so yeah. much more open to do whatever. And then you learn over time to be more careful. And then you start getting nervous because you know more of what the world is and what it can be and what people's intentions might be. It feels very backwards okay, yeah. to say that, like, that you get less anxious in general as you age. Some people get get less anxious because they don't give shit anymore. Yeah, they, yes. they get frustrated. I but wouldn't like, call that an eighteen to twenty year old thing. Oh, I'd call that like a I'd call that like an eighty to ninety year old thing. Yeah. <laughs> you just stop caring because you're like I've been here long and I know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. He also yeah. mentions uh, big ideas like spirituality and meditation and political emotions, which. Isn't Those even an emotion. That's just a. That's a concept that you feel emotions about. It's a con. Yeah, it's it's a it's an idea to have thoughts about, and also like the spirituality piece. I mean, depending on your view of that, I would say is completely disconnected from your mental health. I uh, yeah. Like there's an extent of spirituality with it, but mental health is not spirituality. It can affect your mental health, but it is yeah. not your mental health. Correct. That's what I would say. Like, but it can be tied that, together, but that's not... That's just my theory. Ugh. An emotions theory. Emotions theory. <laughs> Love MatPat here. Oh I am MatPat. I, I, I choose to be MatPat. Uh, okay, all right. <laughs> who, do, who do you say I was? Hank Green? Yeah. Did we ever say that in the podcast? I don't know. Before the podcast, <laughs> we definitely... You just brought up the most random thing. No, before the podcast, I think we were trying to describe to each other, like, what the dynamic is between us, like, the studious and the, and the layman sort of situation. And you're the studious. You're the you're literally a psychology, you were a psychology major. You studied this. Kind of. And we, we had determined that you are Hank Green and I am MatPat. Because, like, okay still smart in my own respect, but, like talks, like, talks more from a media sense. Hank Green or MatPat, if you're watching this, we love you. We love you. MatPat, if you're watching this, I have a Blue's Clues theory. Collaborate with me. Oh, my God. It'll never happen, but do it. 
I have things to say, and I would love to be part theory. of that. You've done a Blue's Clues theory before. We can use a lot of theories. It. I have so many theories in general. One big one that we can't talk about on this podcast. But anyways, but yeah, so that's that's Inside Out. So let's yeah. move over to Sandersides because, as stated in the beginning which we haven't mentioned in a while because we've been so focused on the movie, is that we think Sandersides handles mental health so much better than Inside Out. Absolutely. Did I say Sandersides? I feel like I said Inside Out does it better than Inside Out. I don't know. Sometimes I I don't know what I say. I'm I'm going to reiterate just in case because I know sometimes I say the same word twice. I think we think Sandersides, Sandersides, there we go. I need to double check in my head. Sandersides does the whole mental health thing so much better than Inside Out and represents it in such a more cohesive way that no. works better in their own internal canon. In, in our, our opinion. opinion. Well, there's a part of me that feels like it's pretty objective. Here's our but... evidence. Here's <laughs> our evidence. Brilliant. So that's what this, that's what psychology is all about. You provide the evidence, evidence. and you do the research accordingly. Mm-hmm. And you make your own possible decisions and mindsets about it. So uh, one of the main things that we talked about with the um, with Inside Out is that we don't really know the connection between how the emotions work with Riley. It just, there's there's kind of a, a disconnect, like do the emotions control Riley? Is Riley aware of how the emotions influence? I don't know. Whereas with Sanders' side specifically, Thomas is his own human. There yes. is an autonomy there where he is the conscious. And honestly, it, it lines up better with that Freudian logic that like of the conscious and the subconscious because the sides of the subconscious, because subconscious and unconscious are apparently interchangeable. Oh. I did not know this until before the podcast, but here we go. You learn something new every day. So if you knock but, me out, would I be sub? Conscious? No, no. <laughs> you said it's interchangeable. No, okay. <laughs> You'd be un- well. Okay. I guess technically no, that's not incorrect because I would be forced into my subconscious. Eh? Well, that's different because it's unconscious as in you are no longer conscious. Whereas with this, you are below the conscious. Where so unconscious, the stuff you're not aware of, and the the subconscious, which is below the conscious, it's a little different. Mm. I'm the layman. Anyways. <laughs> that was a very, no, that's a very fair point, layman. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank You're you. You're so welcome. I'm trying so um, hard. No, the but... thing <laughs> is, with Thomas, he can engage with the sides yeah. as separate entities. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a matter of the sides can influence him rather than directly control. There's not a question mm-hmm. of control. Obviously, Virgil can have more influence than other, or like they they can influence hard, you know. But like, yeah. but it's they not don't directly. Control. Yeah, right. They're not There's pushing no buttons and making him feel things. It's a conversation, and that's the biggest point that I can bring up between why I think Inside Out does not work as a mental health allegory as much as Sandersides, because Sandersides, he is literally not only is he aware of the sides. Whereas Riley does not know of her inner emotions as characters. He is aware of the sides and has conversations with the sides. And that is so much better of a representation of what mental health should be viewed as. Because legitimately, like, mental health should not be viewed as you are at the mercy of your emotions. And what buttons they press. And if they get sucked up in a tube or something. 
accidentally, if they drop a core or a memory on the floor, if sadness decides to touch things, it shouldn't, you shouldn't be at the mercy of your brain. I know some people feel like they are, and that's completely understandable, but you shouldn't feel like you're at the mercy of your brain consistently. That shouldn't be how you view dealing with it anyways. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, to add on to that, sorry, we're interrupting. No, it's okay. What's up? But, uh, I, I understand the, the being at mercy to your your brain. However, being at mercy to your brain is a very big mental illness yeah. mindset. Just bringing that point back up. Honestly, <clears throat> that's the thing. It's that you shouldn't, like, it, it's normal to feel like you're at the mercy of your brain. But in terms of problem solving, which both pieces of media tend to seem to be focusing on is how to get out of it. You shouldn't feel like, oh, I have to wait until my emotions decide to let me feel good again or or in the position to make me feel good again. It should be a conversation. It should be you analyzing what you're feeling and, you know, working with yourself, you know, and, and of course with outside help is, you know, good, you know, but like working with yourself internally to sort things out and to let yourself feel things and to let yourself, you know, deal with it as you need to. To focus on your needs, and I think Sanders Sides does that so well because it's a conversation. You get to see the literal, like, debate and and talking points of, like, trying to figure out how to handle it and what what is feeling what and who's feeling who. You know, it's, yeah. it's so much better as an allegory for, like, yeah. the steps to take. That and genuinely, like, some of the issues that I've had with my own brain, mm-hmm. um, I talk about Sanderside's as a language, I've said this before, mm-hmm. but, like, the fact that I genuinely talk to, or, like, envision myself talking to one of my sides mm-hmm. to get out of an issue. You have to kind of persuade them. You yeah. have to get them to, and they're not going to let go of whatever they're thinking of so easy. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's that's what... I like about Sandersides is because it, it's genuinely worked with my mental health. Yeah, I've done the same. So, it's it's yeah. it's such a helpful mindset to have to view certain emotions like that as like, okay, hey buddy, you gotta stop that. That's not super cool. Because then again, it, it helps you regain this autonomy of like, you know, I need to, like, again, there's a part of it feeling like you're at the mercy of like what they're feeling. But in this example, you get to influence back. That's 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 the big thing. Is yeah. you know that might be the biggest thing. We talk about how you know the emotions are influencing Riley, but there's no backwards track to that. Whereas in Sanders' size, again, a conversation allowing not only them to influence Thomas, but him to influence back. There's a there's a again there's a path to feeling better and to dealing with it internally that is shown through the example of Sanders' size and the way that that world works in the series. Exactly. Which is such a healthier way to freaking look at it. Yeah, because, like, (laughs) it's... I I talk... I mean, you say your brain is a totally separate individual. It is. And sometimes, I mean, we've been saying, like, mental illness is a little different because you're at the mercy of your mind. You're still, with therapy and with all the other things you do, you're still persuading your subconscious Mm -hmm. to work with you. Yeah. That's persuasion. Yeah. So, anyway... um, Moving through that, uh, the other part is the sides feeling emotion. So like joy or uh, the emotions experiencing emotions and inside out with joy crying. Yeah. There's 
really much explanation to that. It kind of confuses everybody and everybody has a whole fit about it. Mm-hmm. Whereas, I mean, also the hair theory is throwing me off. The blue hair. <laughs> now that you're, you're really stuck on hair theory now. To know if that comes up in the second one. I but, bet um, you it won't. I bet it will. You know what? I, again, you have yeah, a lot more hope in this design. sequel than I do. That's a character design, though. Yeah, like, you that's know what? I don't believe it. Place. I, I'm intrigued. See, the thing anyway. is, there's just as much a chance that they did it for a real reason as as there is a chance that they did it because they just wanted the more main character-y character have a pop of color, unfortunately. Amy Poehler just said, bruh, I want my character to be a bit more vibrant. Yeah, I mean, she, of all the characters, she has the most different look. Again, every, again, everyone else is very monochromatic. And she's the only one who has, like a, like, a dress that's very differently colored to her, in addition to the hair color. And it's so sad that it's wasted on the character who the voice actor did not do a great job. Sorry, Amy Poehler, I don't really know you. I mean, <laughs> that's not it. That's, <laughs> maybe I do know. But we're also very artistic individuals, so we have opinions about we movies do. and voice acting stuff like such. that. Too. I just feel that. like, you know, no offense to her. I'm not saying she did a terrible job. I mean, obviously she did well enough. And I think, you know, there are a lot of moments in the movie where it does work. I just think during some moments, some moments weren't as great. I feel like she was unfortunately one of the weaker ones in the cast in terms of mm-hmm. like consistent, like sounding like you're in that scene. I don't know. I That's can't fair. think of a lot of examples specifically, but there was just a lot of moments where I was like, eh, I don't know about this. I don't. I still. I, st- I don't know who I would have chosen otherwise. I still think you were the best person for it, but I still just don't love it. That's fair. I just liked sadness. She was good. Mm-hmm. I'm also biased because she's Phyllis from The Office. We love that. So besides feeling emotions, yeah. Um, or, or we talked about joy. So besides feeling emotions. Um, makes sense because they are like, for example, Patton mm-hmm. uh, experiencing emotions. He has been said to represent the inner child, which is a theory by Carl Jung um, that talks about the as we grow up, there is a a child within all of us that is dealing with very loud emotions that were either healed or unhealed in the past and have like their own fit like if you sit there one day and you're like oh my god i i want to take a nap right now Mm -hmm. but you have to work like your your inner child is complaining right Mm -hmm. so that those inner emotions there there's because the sides represent so much it makes a little more sense i think as to why they are having such emotions if they're angry or sad or whatever yeah because they're not emotions themselves necessarily sure that's the thing they're not directly one thing they're a multitude of things and yeah and so much better such better (laughs) um what especially with i thought that's what you said it's so much better I thought you just said such better. I don't better. speak in, in 2010 Doge talk. <laughs> such better. Good Siri. Series. Yeah. I, I wasn't talking about Siri. <laughs> Anyways. Um, but, yeah, I think that's all I really had to say about that. Just the parts, like, because there's so many different facets of you, mm-hmm. having these different sides of yourself feel these different emotions about it. Yeah. About whatever you're going through makes a little more sense than joy crying over memories that are going away (laughs) yeah and that's the thing that i like about them being more facets of different abstract subjects rather than specifically being emotions because again when 
you know, we, we talked about how just their general amount of influence and, you know, it being a conversation versus buttons on a console is one thing. But just the idea that the emotions are characterized versus these different ideas characterized, I think, again, Sanderson does it a lot better in the sense that when it's the emotions being characters, that, again, calls into question so much of, like, how much is Riley actually feeling? And it, it causes a lot of these logical inconsistencies of, like, okay, she's feeling without them or she's feeling with them, they're pressing buttons to make her feel, is she autonomous? And, but with Thomas, because his emotions are his own, he feels like a person. Like, I believe yeah. he's a character, he's a person in this world, because he's in charge of his emotions, those are his own, and then the you know, the sides that he talks to are more about other specific subjects. And the thing I also like about those is that they're, like you said, they're not just one thing. And again, that solves sort of the issue that was the discrepancy between, like, the movie and that interview with the article we were talking about. Because he was saying these things that were similar but not quite, and, like, you know, these things that could be contained within the emotions but aren't, or be trying to be separated. I like that in Sanderside's, they literally all represent a multitude of things. Like, Patton is the inner child, but he's also the morality. Like, Roman is the creativity, but he's also the passion. You know, those types of things. Like, I like that they all represent a couple of different things. So that, like, condensing it and making it so that one side works on a couple of different related things yeah. helps keep it all in check so there's not, like, a million different separate beings. And also just sort of helps, like, organize thoughts. Yeah, it shows that mental health is more complicated than that. Yeah, not any. You yeah. can't just boil everything down to a character that is just joy. In that line, um, I wanted to talk about how the character of fear in Inside Out, after falling in love with Virgil and after falling in love with, with learning about my own anxiety and get, becoming stronger in that way, um, I don't like fear. Yeah. I think he's flimsy and weak. And for people with anxiety, it just kind of makes it seem like fear is something that's just stupid yeah. when it's not. He really um, is just like a coward, but then also not even consistently so because there are moments where you think he should be scared, but he isn't. And it's like, Wah. I mean, yeah, he does stand up for himself, but the th even the no, character. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about when he's looking at like the nightmare scene. And there's, like, things yeah. that you think he should be scared of, but, like, he's not. And it's like, but right. if you're the right. physical embodiment of fear, don't you think you'd feel something? I, I don't know. But, like, that's the thing. He does feign that confidence sometimes and tries to, like, stand up for himself. Yeah. But my problem was, is the idea, even his character design just makes him look weak. He's just a and little like, hole. It, as, as somebody with anxiety, it makes me feel like I my anxiety is just kind of... I, I'm I'm succumbing to this weakness. Yeah, basically, what makes it seem like, and that's not that's not okay. You can make the same argument about sadness and like feeling depression, and it's like, wow, this character is just like this slothy thing that they're making these jokes at her expense, and it's yeah. like, that's kind of mean. It's it, it's crazy how much that that. I mean, I I've done. I I, don't, I wouldn't say it hurts, but it definitely doesn't help. It doesn't feel great. It doesn't feel great. Because it contributes to, like, a stereotype. Yeah, whereas with, like, Patton and Virgil, for one, Patton and Virgil are both more complicated. And Virgil obviously is still, like, 
he he deals with a lot of fear and anxiety and things, but at the same time, like he deals with the he is it, yeah. but also like, he he puts on this tougher persona because he's trying to overcome that fear all the time. Yeah, like it it feels more accurate to what I'm dealing with. If yeah, it, if that. And the thing is Whereas, that he's also like the motivation is so much clearer with his because mm-hmm. like. Again, we talked about, like, I think we mentioned before the self-preservation thing with fear and, like, me understanding that. But, like, even then, again, it's, like you said, it's shown as such a weakness. It's shown as, like, oh, my God, like, he's, his whole being is thrown off in this, like, really, like, silly, jokey way where he's just, like, this coward that can't operate. Whereas Virgil definitely feels more, like, like, obviously there's still a little bit of that aspect there because it's, like, that fear. But, again, like, Virgil, you can tell it's much more about protecting Thomas. And I obviously I think that comes through a bit with fear as well in the movie, but like it's not really shown as effectively, I don't think, comparatively. Right. It, it's not like outwardly stated. And I don't think it's always out I think it might be outwardly stated with Virgil. I I I think they do handle it a little bit better in the sense that you can feel you can understand the character's motivations more. Yeah. Because again, mm-hmm. they actually Sandersides actually cares about the character's motivations. Where again, I have no idea what the motivations of anyone but like joy and kind of fear in the movie are. Like it's so yeah, like unclear. Why does sadness do what they do? Uh-huh. Why does anyone do what they do? Exactly. Why is my phone ringing? I don't know. I don't know if that can even be heard. What? what? Ah. Is that sadness uh, calling me to tell me what they're about? That'd be yeah, great. Actually, tell me. I, I, I need to know. Bro, you should probably oh, get. Hello. Yeah. Oh, you don't have a motivation? Cool. Cool. Solve that. Moving on. <laughs> so, I feel so um, bad. We're really like driving this movie into the ground, but like. But no, it, yeah. it's okay. Like, that's, as I say, we're looking at it through the lens of psychology. Yeah. And right now, it's not all done very well. No. <laughs> again, especially, um, especially helps that we deal with our own things with that again like we said like you have your own anxieties i have anxiety and mm-hmm. depression so it's like there's a lot of connection that we can make to this and then the fact that i think one of the biggest things that we can say um for our own personal experiences anyways given that we're two people who deal with this a lot is that we felt and feel continuously so much more seen by Sandersides than by inside yes. out that it feels like such a more accurate representation to what we're going through and the steps that we need to be taking to get through it than what Inside Out did. Because, like, I mean, to, to segue into another point we have on the notes, like, mm-hmm. it's obvious in, in sides that numbness and that depression is obviously not an accident. Nope. It's it, clearly it, spawned by different things. It's spawned by different things. I mean, I guess you could say it's an accident, but, like, it's an accident in a way that feels real. Yeah, it feels like there are real reasons, and you can see the rise of when it happens, and you can see the different parts of it coming together, and again, it's not just the absence of joy, it's it's the absence of other things, It's, it's, it's certain things coming up, it's certain fears, and certain thoughts, and certain concerns that all culminate in it, and it's not, like you said, it's not, it's not like a freak accident, it's, and it's not intentional either, but there is intention behind it. In the sense that, like, yeah. obviously, depression isn't intentional. You don't make yourself feel that way because. But it's something that happens for legitimate reasons that you can determine 
based on how things are feeling, as opposed to just like, oh, Joy got sucked off into a pipe and is no longer anywhere. It's like, whoa, like that's that's not a good enough reason. Also, the fact, I, mean, I think I was going to bring this up earlier, but the fact that they state that, oh, Joy isn't there at the hub, so Riley can't feel Joy. And it's like, well, sadness also isn't there. So she technically shouldn't be able to feel sadness either. I mean, well, I, I guess she's just disgusted and angry. But she definitely seems sad in a lot of moments when sadness yeah, isn't there. Arguably, sadness could encompass anger. Well, no. What? If you're talking about grief? Grief. I think grief's a part of that. Like, they're, they're, like, like we're talking like seven stages of grief? Sort of. I mean, the I think anger would factor into it. There's definitely aspects of it, but I, in terms of like the overall, even, even in that example, anger's a part of grief, but that is still showing anger itself and feeling yeah. anger itself rather than anger showing sadness. I'll, I'll say you, but to, to go off of your point, you're saying that like, because sadness isn't there, there should be no sign of Riley having sadness. I mean, based, based on, on the, what they said with joy, then yes. There's a point where she's like going through the schoolyard with her lunch and she feels alone. And like, they talk about like, oh, we're trying to like, like what was it, the abstract area that in the mind where they're like, oh, we're trying to process abstract loneliness. Abstract but she definitely seems sad that she has no one to hang out with and no one to talk to. And she feels isolated. That's the moment where she's like, frowning and looking down and looking sad that doesn't feel like fear or anger or disgust that feels like sadness which you shouldn't technically yeah. be feeling because sadness isn't there whereas in like Sandersides if he's experiencing sadness you can tell Patton's up something you can look at Patton and be like mm. yeah kind of going like he's shifty eyes like he's just There's like a couple um, different sides or even just one that's like you can tell is feeling something Again, yeah. it really helps that they're not just emotions and that they are yeah. these more extensive, like these other abstract subjects that like work better in conversation as to things causing things rather than just feeling. Yeah. It's and I wanted to mention, because I have a personal theory that oh. if Roman were to duck out the way San uh, Sandersides... <laughs> the way Sandersides ducked <laughs> out. <laughs> if Roman were to duck out like Virgil did... Mm -hmm. Thomas would be depressed. I because that. I know depression. Depre there is major depressive disorder, which is something that you can have your entire life. But then there's also like episodes and periods of depression. And I think if Roman were to duck out completely, I think Thomas would be directly depressed. So I'm wondering if if this future finale might lead into that. I don't know. But it makes sense because I mean I he is the yeah. passion. And a lot of what depression is, is feeling no motivation to do much of anything. It's not the entirety of it, but it definitely is a good chunk of what, you know, follows with depression. So, Logan, or Logan, Roman, <laughs> we're all over the map right now. Sanderson, Logan, Roman, ah. <laughs> all of them. If Roman were to duck out, then I, yeah, that makes sense that, like, the passion would be gone. He wouldn't be motivated to create. He wouldn't be motivated to do anything. He wouldn't feel love in that same way at that moment. <laughs> You know, in the same yeah. way that he didn't feel any anxiety when Virgil ducked out, I think that would equal up to depression. Look at us. We shared a little theory that isn't like a theory of what's to come, but just like a general theory of like what yeah. the universe could exist as. 
I like thinking that potential theory. And honestly, but that's the thing. Like, that gives depression an actual voice in Sanders' sides if that were to happen. And with anxiety, I don't feel misheard because there's an entire character. Mm -hmm. He's a whole fucking Mm -hmm. dude. Like, he's a whole dude. And he just, I feel seen by Virgil. Anyway. Virgil's so good. We love Virgil. So, yeah. And then the other one we were going to talk about was that the islands, the islands in comparison to Sandersides, technically the motivation points, um, like the sides being, are are motivated by what the islands would be in Sandersides, if that makes sense. Yes, I think so. So like, imagine there were islands in Sandersides, that would be the motivating points for the sides. Okay. So technically, because the islands don't directly exist in Sandersides, they are what motivates the Sandersides, or technically the argument that they're the rooms. I, the, I the, think it's the closest approximation, anyways, because in the in the in the sense that the islands are these physical representations of these subjects, uh, like Goofball Island, Family Island, um, and the sides as rooms are in some aspect uh, an embodiment of those feelings in the sense that, uh, what was it? Uh, When we went to Virgil's room the one time, uh, everyone slowly found themselves feeling more and more anxious. And in general, the room itself gives more of an anxiety vibe, mostly because it's also Virgil's room. And the same with Patton's. They all feel more nostalgic and drawn into nostalgia when in that room. And it acts as a hub of nostalgic moments for Thomas. So they technically are similar they're definitely not the same thing but it is the closest comparison i could draw between like the islands and something in sandersides as like a uh i want to say motivator but like a a hub yes a bit like a hub of, of where this feeling or idea is abundant yeah, yeah. a very core part of thomas a core so you can talk memory or is a really good word for that now that i think about it mm-hmm. um but yeah, yeah. It's just it. Sandersides is just it, it. It treats mental health as complex the way it is. Yeah, it makes it known that it's a confusing subject that you have to work yeah. through and talk through, rather than again just being at the mercy of with like your brain and just letting your brain sort itself out. Like, Mm -hmm. obviously, Riley does take initiative by the end, but, like, again, because of something that the mind lets her do. It's only because Sadness did that that let her do that. Again, she's at the mercy of what they're doing rather than feeling like she has an option because we don't even know how autonomous she is as a character. Whereas, like, in Sandersides, you catch Patton being like, Logan, will you stop? Or, like, Virgil going at Thomas being like, have it, the whole like there's just a million times where like yeah anyway it's just <laughs> good song motivation yeah I'm, <laughs> I just yeah who are you me I didn't put up any of those examples but you know I think people get what we're trying to say at this point I think we've yeah. like over explained enough that we that we kind of know what we're well, talking about entire podcast is over explained exactly I love it thank I you for it. listening if you are because wow you <laughs> I will say in in Inside Out's credit. The soundtrack is great. Oh, it's beautiful. The moment the when we great. started, I was like, oh. And I I want to say that one of one of my best friends walked down the aisle to the beginning Inside Out mm. music. 
And it just, that's every time I hear that now, I'm like in tears. That's everything. <laughs> that her walking down the aisle, like, uh. It's a beautiful soundtrack. And again, it's beautiful animation. It's a well-made movie in oh, every goodness. aspect other than the one that they were trying Harry to deliver with. <laughs> the one thing that was like the main core aspect of the movie, I think, is the one part where it really suffers. But everything else is good. Oh, yeah. I just remembered one more thing I want to talk about instead because I remember, I think I alluded to it earlier. Yeah, no, we should wrap up right after this. But, like, Bing Bong. I think I mentioned I was going to say something about Bing Bong not making sense earlier. My All I heard when you said Bing Bong was Markiplier going, Bing Bong, ding, 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 Bing Bong, from, like, a certain video from old days. So, Bing Bong. Fuck you. And I'm the layman. Bing Bong. I'm the layman now. Well then, I'm the studious one? I mean, I did watch, I was the only one of us who watched the movie before we got this podcast going. Oh my god, did we trade? Am I the layman now? Wait, okay, no, that sentence alone made me back to being the layman. I I screwed up that. I I said, am I the layman now, instead of am I the studious one now? Oh. I went, I I circled back around without even realizing. Anyways, bing bong. Huh? Bing bong. Bing bong. (laughs) Anyway. Stop being the layman! <laughs> Bing Bong, um, as a character, confu- like the whole thing about the the the, the 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 what was it the memory dump? So Bing Bing Bong disappeared. Yeah. That yeah. confuses me in the sense that why? Because some an imaginary friend that was so paramount to who you were for a while, like it was so important to you for a while, feels like something you shouldn't be able to forget. So like flippantly like for her to just suddenly and like i don't remember if this is true i think she drew him at one point in the movie i think she drew him and i also think that she like built a wagon yeah there was a wagon built i don't know if it's still intact as it was but there were drawings the parents probably know what enough about bing bong given the fact that like obviously like you know she talked about him enough and drew him enough and like they probably might still have memories of him so it's like what would happen then if she suddenly was reminded of Bing Bong, but he already disappeared in the memory dump. Would he just come back? That calls into the question the whole point of the memory dump and why memories like evaporate the way they did. They disintegrate and as if it's permanent, but there are so many things that you can forget about entirely and then be reminded of. Like, this is not a new concept of like, if I forget about something and then I see a picture or an article of it, it's gonna be like, oh my God, there it was this whole time. Well, that's what the that's the thing they're trying to insinuate that long term memory, which is a very real concept in psychology, the yeah. long term and short term memory. But like, that's just something that's stored far in the back. But again, Bing Bong was in the long term memory for a long time, but then, I guess now there just wasn't enough reminder. She may look at that and not really know what it is anymore. I suppose, but I feel like if that was such a big thing for a while, you'd be able to remember, you'd be able to recall, you'd be like, oh, I used to do that, and you'd be like, oh yeah, that's right. Well, think about it, how much How much do you remember about, like, your playtime when you were five? Nothing. Exactly. Ugh, time passing is weird. <laughs> yeah, but like, that's the thing, if Bing Bong part of the playtime, then, mm. and, and there's no need to remember it now, I suppose. Yeah. I guess it feels different because she was definitely at an age where she was, she apparently made a whole song about him 
and like a wagon and like drawings. So it feels like she'd be old enough to be able to be like, okay, now I can recall this because there was such a it was a consistent character for so long. But and I guess Joy, also, I know. that's part of the thing with Joy's sadness and all them remember Bing Bong. Then why? Yeah. So yeah. So why can the emotions remember and not Riley? <sighs> this movie. Oh my God. Anyway. Oh, triple dank gum. <laughs> well, Maggie's oh, fine. God. Stop. Stop. <laughs> hey, it's been stuck in my head since I watched the movie. If I have to suffer, then everyone has to suffer. I guess that's fair. Triple well, dank gum. Well, Maggie's fine. <laughs> I don't remember the rest of the song. I don't think it's ever shown. That's the. That's our. That's our outro music. That's our <laughs> Oh no! Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Thank you, my God. Thank you so much. Stay tuned for the next episode and another like. We're should we, yeah. should we spoil what the next one's gonna be a little bit? No. Not even a little bit. No. Not even a little bit. <laughs> no. Why? I want it to be a big surprise. All right. That's well, a you big episode we have coming. Time. All I'm going to say about that episode is that it's big. It changes the way that you might look at Sanders' sides. And I, it reveals some I things about it. us. Definitely something I about me it. that I've never revealed in on the internet. So, ooh. This is going to be fucking dope. Yo. Dope as shit. Oh, my God. And to think it's only, the, it's only, like, the second episode of, like, the top episodes that I'm excited to do. Yeah. The biggest one is about Janice. Oh, oh my god Damn, folks oh, All right. my god thanks for listening thank you for have listening. a good day if you want to if you want to continue much. watching we're on spotify and youtube here where you may be watching or if you're on spotify and you're watching and if you want to follow us we're at cytology pod on both instagram and twitter stay tuned for updates and other uh, content that we do so yeah yeah bye bye peeps. bye episode two Snipping. Episode 2! <laughs>